0: Hey everybody, this is Alf speaking. Welcome back to the Macro Compass. The Fed is hitting the brakes. Are you wearing your seatbelt? That's the title of my new piece. Yesterday, Powell said we are attentive to risks of potential further upward pressure on inflation and inflation expectations. The committee is determined to take the measures necessary to restore price stability. That's strong wording. And I'm not sure everybody has grasped yet how important was the message that Powell is trying to send. He's becoming more and more hawkish as time goes by. Identified four key hawkish messages he conveyed yesterday. So let's go through them. The first is that his assessment of the economy was extremely positive. Wage growth is very strong. The labor market is extremely tight. Household's balance sheet are healthy. Basically, in his depiction, this was the strongest economy in a while. Powell deliberately chose to focus on the positive aspects of the labor market, in my opinion, and almost explicitly ignored, well, any evident signposts that could counter his bullish macroeconomic assessment. He often referred, for example, to a supply-demand imbalance in the labor market, but he failed to recognize that the constrained supply of workers due to a lower labor force participation rate also acts as a pretty big drag for potential long-run real GDP growth. I mean, if you have a lower labor force participation rate and you constrain the supply of, of available labor to the economy, this will have a negative impact on potential economic growth down the road and also on equilibrium real interest rate. Powell only chose to deliberately deliberately focus on the positive aspects of the labor market in his assessment. This is pretty hawkish. The second point is that the Fed seems to be very confident that the private sector can not only withstand but, and I'm quoting, it can flourish in the face of a less accommodative monetary policy. This is quite a statement. It goes to show how confident is the FOMC about the strength of the economic cycle in the US, and therefore, how aggressive they can be in tightening monetary policy without impairing at all the economic recovery. Now, if you say that the private sector cannot only withstand, but it can flourish in the face of less accommodative policy, well, that's very strong, and it's reflected by the fact that federal funds rate are now assumed to be 1.9% by December 22. Most importantly, 2.8% in 2023, which is 40 basis points above the longer-run neutral federal fund rate. So basically, the FOMC members are telling you they want to tighten above neutral rates. They want to be explicitly tight because they think the private sector can not only withstand that, it can flourish in this environment. Very hawkish as well. Point number three. The FOMC is attentive to further upward pressure on inflation and inflation expectation, and it's determined to take the measures necessary to restore price stability. Now, I think that if you look at the probability distribution of U.S. inflation expectation over the next five years, as we highlighted last week, they have not only shifted to a higher average level, but also the right tail has become dangerously fatter and so how do you stop this process of potentially de-anchoring inflation expectations? Well, as we said before, you explicitly tighten monetary policy above neutral rates. You become explicitly tight in your monetary policy. And the fact that you wanted to stress the committee is determined to take measures to restore price stability basically sends a very strong message. They're, in my opinion, they're looking at the right tail of this inflation expectation distribution, which is becoming fatter, and they don't want that. The fourth point is that financial conditions are one of the key transmission mechanisms for monetary policy. That's what Powell said. And actually, they will want to see tighter financial conditions to achieve their price stability targets. So compared to December, this time he went one step further, and he said that financial conditions must tighten in order to help the Fed achieve its objectives. And if you look at the key components of a respectable financial condition index, you will find real yields, corporate bond spreads, mortgage rates, equity valuations, FX. Now, all of those have obviously moved in, in, a, in a tighter direction. But if you look at an historical context, the U.S. financial condition index is still very easy. And they are looking to tighten it. So what was that good old saying again? Don't fight the Fed. How did the market react in all of that and how to trade in this environment? Well, as correctly predicted in my macro analysis, yield curves have continued their relentless flattening. And actually, they've started invert across pretty important tenors. My preferred inversion metric of the yield curve went negative uh, during the press conference. It now traded zero basis point. That's a spread between five-year and 30-year U.S. OIS swap rates. But also, federal funds futures now project 30 basis point of federal funds rate cuts from Powell in 2024. Yeah, yeah, you heard correctly. I'm talking about cuts. So the bond market is being very strong in sending these signals that the Federal Reserve can hike, All the way in 2022 and 2023 but will be forced to cut already rates in 2024. On the other hand and to my surprise credit spreads and equities performed very well post the FOMC conference maybe the lack of details over quantitative tightening or the removal of the biggest tail risk the 50 basis point hike helped but perhaps the biggest reason behind the rally was a good old short positioning squeeze My base case from a medium term macro assessment remains that the base case for the S&P is to hit 4,000 in Q2 this year. And that will be possible if valuations revert to a level around 18 when it comes to 12 month forward price earnings. And that seems to be realistic if you look at my simple equity risk premium index that I posted in the article. Finally, if I look at my portfolio, I've been stopped out in Chinese real estate long, uh, On the huge drawdown episode in Chinese equity markets. For the rest, there have been no changes. I am short Russell, Bitcoin and high-yield, stick to flatter yield curve. I think the underlying macro thesis has been pretty strengthened by the Fed's enhanced hawkish stance, which just gives me additional reasons to let my profits run. And I'm considering making some changes like cutting the short in Bitcoin because it's not delivering the expected returns that I would foresee in a favorable macro backdrop and maybe to move my short equity position from the Russell to Nasdaq, because in this environment, it will probably be multiple valuation-intensive companies that are likely to suffer more in a risk premium expansion scenario. Stay tuned for Monday, guys, and thanks for making it all the way through here, because I will be releasing my next Bond Market 101 series article. And feel free to get in touch. If you're looking for partnerships, sponsorships, or any other... Uh, collaboration or if you're interested in bespoke consultancy services feel free to reach out you can do that at themacrocompass at gmail.com thank you guys for listening in and uh, see you next monday